Welcome, savvy investor, to Skyline Views. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Skyline Views. I'm Chris Mills. Uh, today, my guest is the CEO of New Dawn Investments, Afar Shahar. Welcome, sir. Hi. Nice uh, to be here, and uh, thank you for hosting me today. Absolutely. We're talking about Texas, guys, and uh, what it's like to invest. Um, Mr. Shahar has a very unique uh, model that he has adopted. It's working really well for him in the state of Texas. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing and kind of the team you have set up to create this unique operational structure? Sure. So New Dawn is actually uh, helping investors create portfolio properties for long-term passive income. And we utilize brand new homes in the state of Texas. Um, uh, we mainly operate in uh, the big four metropolitans, meaning Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and Dallas-Fort Worth. We provide a full package deal, including the analyzing the markets and the properties. Uh, we provide financing, uh, property management, insurance, accounting, everything you need to get you the best ROI possible in the market. So that's pretty much what we're doing. That's great. How long did it take you to get your, your team set up and, and what do you look for in your, you know, your accounting partners and financing partners, the people that you trust to refer your clients to? Okay. So this model I created back in 2012, though I'm, I've been into the business, the real estate business for the last 30 years in America and abroad. But uh, to get to your point, um, uh, first of all, I started investing myself in the US and then uh, people around me, like uh, family and relatives and uh, friends started investing with us. Uh, that's how, that's when I uh, structured the company. And then the, from there it went uh, like, uh, as a word of mouth and um, you know the circles grow, grew and grew. Now um, uh, we uh, work with uh, different companies that we check their background, we check what their ability to provide their services. So for instance if you talking about property management companies we have a set of criteria and questions to find out what they're doing and then uh, we uh, first uh, buy some properties for ourselves to see how they uh, manage. And if everything is fine, then, then we bring uh, in our, our clients. So that's pretty much the process uh, is like with, every, with all the affiliates. Also with financing, so we make sure that, that these are credible uh, lenders, that they know what you're doing, they're doing, that the service is, uh, is high quality and uh, the that the investors are happy and then we move on to uh, the market. So that's pretty much how we do it. For the lenders, do you find uh, that you use or prefer to use more smaller local banks for the deals that you do or do you use some of the larger banks or is it some kind of mix? Okay, to be honest, uh, we use a smaller uh, financial financial um, companies uh, and organizations uh, or institutions rather the big banks because of the quality of the service so it's more one-on-one -on -one, it's more it's less like uh, big corporations that you start with joe and you end up with the edna you know 
you want to work with someone that is really uh, on top of things that taking care of you and give you a personal service. And that's very important. Uh, we, we want to get our clients a peace of mind. They don't, they, they, they are professionals that are busy enough. They don't need more headache. So we save them all this headache and we give them, we give them the best uh, uh, service possible. Kind of along those lines, what should an investor be concerned about or looking into for their own finances in order to get themselves best set up to to do these types of deals? What, um, you know, as far as you know, savings in the bank, good credit. Like, how should people be positioning themselves to to start investing? Yeah, so credit is uh, the most uh, essential thing, uh, and uh, you have to start uh, in the early days. You know. As a young person, uh, you want to take care of your credit and make sure that you have uh, sufficient um, uh, credit to, to start investing. I would say uh, nowadays we're talking about 650 to start, uh, which is pretty low, I should say. Hmm. Um, and the savings, are, so some of our clients, um, apparently they start investing like uh, as owner occupied just because they don't have enough uh, uh, funds in the beginning so they have to put like uh, 3.5% or 5% down if they take FHA loan or something similar and then uh, once they start the process and the banks uh, like the way they operate their business and they you know how they pay pay things in time and that everything is, is, is doing is done well so that's how you gain the trust and credibility with the banks and uh, you move on. You can refi, you can do 1031 exchange. There's so many ways to do that. There's so many, um, how do you say, strategies uh, to, to go on and, and, and grow your, your portfolio. Got it. So as far as these Texas markets that you're in, uh, can you talk about so Texas as a whole kind of brings something to the table compared to maybe the rest of the Midwest or the Southeast or especially the Northeast. Uh, what differences do you see between these major markets in Texas? Because they're not right next to each other and there are some differences. What are the differences you see from an investment standpoint? Okay, so first of all, we like to invest in a Sunbelt area. Um, it has to do with the fact that um, um, uh, not only millennials, but uh, also the baby boomers, they tend to go from north, uh, the cold areas to the south uh, because of the climate. And uh, that's one thing. The second thing is that the industry is going there. And the fact that Texas has no state tax is a, is, is a big uh, point. Um, it's a big advantage. Um, on top of that, Texas has a lot of, uh, it has a strong and diverse industry, I should say. Um, so some people think it's all only has to do with the oil and gas industry, which is not true. So take it, take a, for example, uh, you have NASA, you have the uh, fourth largest uh, seaport. Uh, when trading from North America to South America goes through Houston, because Houston is right on the Gulf, on the Mexico Gulf, right? Um, you have the biggest medical centers in the world. I can say that without any doubt. Uh, so, um, uh, unfortunately people need, um, 
uh, you know, medical care when it comes to uh, cancer and uh, cardiac issues, that's the biggest industry here. Uh, you have uh, two main airports in Houston. You have, uh, you actually, in each major city, you have an international airport. So that uh, tells a lot about the economy here. Uh, take Austin, for instance. So uh, that's probably the second Silicon Valley in America after California. And it's growing and growing. So, uh, and, and uh, there's so many other industries that I didn't even count. So if you take like Fortune 500 companies, uh, I think Texas is the second in America for the size of the companies that are here. And then I, I guess that the, the headquarters, they move the headquarters, especially because there's no st state tax and because they have affordability. So uh, people can find a, a good job here, can get paid very well and still afford everything. If you compare this to New York or California, most people cannot afford to uh, buy a property. They, they're renters, they are tenants. So um, uh, that's what draws people uh, to, to Texas. Uh, I mean, first of all, to Sunbelt. But then uh, Texas, uh, I think, draws a lot of people. You can see that uh, Austin is growing dramatically right now. Um, I think about 200 uh, people move into Austin itself every, every day. Um, that's, a, that's a number that I had about a year ago. So I, I'm guessing it's even better or worse, whatever you call it right now. So um, you can also see the traffic, um, you know, um, though because of the pandemic, uh, the traffic is not as bad as it used to be, but still the traffic is very bad in all four metro metropolitans. That's a, a good sign or bad sign, whatever you call it, but that's the, yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah, I know they're they're actively working on the the traffic between you know Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, if you had to pick, you know, projecting over the next three to five years, say, would you have a favorite between Austin, Dallas, Houston? You know, if you if you had to kind of put it all on black, so to speak, um, which which one would you pick? Like, which one would you, would be your favorite as far as the projected? Uh, so Chris, this is a very good question, and I must uh, answer with a question. <laughs> <laughs> is it has to to do with your strategy? So um, uh, let's put it this way: if you're looking for mainly for appreciation, I think that Austin will uh, will do the best, uh, just because Austin is limited with with, uh, with land, unlike Dallas and. Uh, uh, Houston and San Antonio, Austin is more limited. So that means that because of the high demand and the low su uh, supply, probably the appreciation is going to be the best. But if you're looking at the cash flow right now, you can see that Houston and uh, San Antonio, for instance, are better than uh, Austin. Uh, and the reason being is because the cost of the homes are higher in Austin, but the rents are pretty similar. So uh, that causes the cash flow to, to be in Houston much better than Austin, for instance. Uh, so if you're looking for passive income, probably Houston is a better fit. If you're looking for appreciation, probably Austin is a better fit. Dallas and, and uh, San Antonio are somewhere in the middle, I would say, 
but also it depends on the location because when you look in a downtown any downtown usually the cash flow is going to be if you put 20 percent down for instance uh it's like going to be negative in most cases even in houston got it yeah it's a really good answer what uh what do you think most of your clients or what have you seen most of your clients doing? Are they on the a more aggressive side uh, or are they just kind of parking money for the, for the long term? Um, there's a big difference between uh, say five years ago and today. So five years ago or till about five years ago, most of my clients would uh, go for the um, cash flow and they didn't care much about their appreciation. They, they cared, but that wasn't the, the main reason why investing. Nowadays, uh, I would say most people want to park the money. They care less about the, uh, the cash flow, as long as the, the, the rent pays all the, you know, all the expenses, the PITIM, mm -hmm. what we call. And, um, and they and, and and they they believe that they you know the appreciation is is going to to do the the job and and i believe uh, I, I i can see that happening uh, regardless of what will going to happen with the election i think that uh, texas will remain strong so uh, almost anywhere you're going to where you're going to throw a stone it's going to be fine i believe almost yeah <laughs> hopefully hopefully can you talk a little bit about the difference between uh, investing in the U.S. and investing, I guess, overseas? You started the first Remax in Israel. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the founders of Remax in Israel back in 1996, 97. That's where we started. And you were investing and, back then as well, correct? Sorry, was that? You were, you were an investor back then too as well, Yeah, yeah, correct? yeah. So I invested in Israel at first. Uh, I started investing in America just uh, around 1998, if I, if I'm, if I remember well. Um, but I started investing in Israel much before. There's a big difference in so many ways that uh, I think that I need a couple hours to discuss. <laughs> But uh, to give you some uh, points, so, um, you know, if you take the, for instance, uh, if you take the Middle East, uh, real estate compared to America, first of all, here it's more, more structures. It, it, it's, it's, it's more uh, regu regulated here. Um, uh, for instance, uh, here you have an MLS, right? Uh, no, no realtor thinks to list a property without an MLS. Here. It, it's unheard of. Uh, in Israel, there's not such a thing as MLS. I, I believe most of the Middle East countries don't have an MLS. And that's a big, big uh, problem because most agents don't cooperate in Israel, for instance. While in America, uh, it's hard to find a deal when the listing agent and the selling agent is the same agent or same agency. Most likely, it's going to be two different agencies two different brokers. So um, uh, that's a one, one uh, difference. Uh, 
most of the, if you look at Europe, for instance, and I've, I've dealt with Europe too, uh, in Europe, uh, you don't, most, most of the countries don't have title companies. So everything is done by attorneys and they record it at, with the state. Here, it's done by title companies and, and each county is recording uh, the, the deed. So uh, I'm just giving you two, diff two, two examples to see the differences. I, I think when it comes to marketing here, it's, it's a huge thing. It's, uh, I think that uh, uh, the, the way you market here in America is so different than in Europe when it comes to real estate. Not, not with other uh, services and products, but real estate is a big difference. So I, I just gave you two, two aspects. Sure. Uh, what about uh, returns and, you know, whether it be cash on cash or appreciation, um, what kind of returns would you find, you know, overseas versus here? I would say that uh, it varies from country to country because um, some of the um, European countries, for instance, are distressed. And uh, so you can uh, get a better cash flow nowadays because the market is so low and the rents are a little higher. Uh, but uh, you can say almost the same thing about the US because uh, the cash flow and the ROI that you're expecting or the cash on cash that you're expecting from say uh, Palo Alto in California and uh, Houston, Texas is, a, is a very different. Um, just to give an example, um, to find a property below $2 million, I'm talking about a, about a single family home in, in Palo Alto, it's almost impossible, below $2 million. The rents are about, uh, I would say, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000. So even if you pay cash, full cash, it's going to end up negative cash flow every month. You have to bring money out of pocket. While in Houston, in some parts of Houston, you can buy a brand new property for $200,000, and I'm talking about three beds, two baths, about 1,500, 1,600 square foot, brand new for 200,000 and rent it out for, let's say, 1,600, $1,700 a month. At 20%, you start cash flowing. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge difference. These, uh, the distress situations you were talking about overseas, is there, is there a scenario where it would make sense for a U.S. investor to start investing uh, in one of those countries or, or certain markets over there uh, to capitalize speaking, on opportunity? Yeah, generally speaking, it makes sense. Uh, although uh, from tax benefit point of view, I'm not sure that that's the best idea for American because here you can enjoy all of these uh, tax benefits and it's part of the deal. That's mm -hmm. part of the reason why investing in, in America. Uh, but uh, for sure, if you're looking to invest overseas, I'm not an, an expert nowadays uh, overseas, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, even to say that I'm an expert in Texas is like, uh, is uh, how do you say it, um, overestimating or over, uh, whatever you call it, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, I'm not an expert in the, in the in, out, of, out of state or out of, uh, America, and uh, you have to do some research. 
I know some areas like uh, Spain, I know that uh, Greece is distressed nowadays. Um, I know some, uh, you know, Eastern European, European countries are distressed, but I'm not an expert. So you have to do your own research and I'm, I'm sure Google is full of it. <laughs> sure, no problem. Uh, what are some other sources that you would point people to who are looking to get into real estate investing? Do you have any favorite resources, reading, you know, podcasts, YouTube channels, anything like that? So quite honestly, uh, I wrote a book and uh, you can look it up at uh, Amazon. It's called uh, um, Invest, uh, invest uh, Right, Invest uh, Smart or Invest Smart, Invest Right, I'm sorry. Um, so you can look it up. Um, but overall, uh, Grant Cardone is writing a lot of books and he has a lot of uh, information that you can follow. Um, Mr. Rich Dad Poor Dad is always good to read. Um, beyond this, uh, I think that the essential book is uh, Think and Grow Rich by um, Napoleon Hill. It's an old book, but, and it's nothing to do with real estate. Uh, but, it's, but it's a great one, you're right. It's a very basic book to read for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, a, I mean, nowadays it's, it's easy to find those books, you know, so there's so many of them. Gotcha. And if someone wants to uh, get a hold of you, uh, how would they learn more about you? Okay, so um, uh, you can uh, uh, go to um, my website, which is www.newdawninvestments.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page full, full of blogs. I'm blogging almost on a daily basis uh, on F Facebook and LinkedIn. So you can look up Offer Shahar and, um, or New Dawn Investments LLC, or actually on Facebook, it's New Dawn Investments of Houston, I mean of Texas LLC, sorry. Um, uh, that's pretty much how you can find out. And again, my book. Great. Yeah. And we'll link to, to the book and, and all the rest of that down in the show notes. So you can click. So oh, thank you. absolutely. Thank you for your time today. This was very informative. We appreciate it. Okay, Chris. Thank you. You all take right. care. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline Views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer.
Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated. Coastal Equities Incorporated is not affiliated with the Haney Company or Skyline Views. Securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.